you observe patterns, you know, if you are catching patterns walking around in your life, then you'd probably make a decent astrologer. It's all about pattern recognition. Welcome to HeartSpeak Podcast, conversations and recorded experiences on reclaiming our roots, connecting to our visions, and trusting our heart path. I'm your host, Megan, and I am here to share stories of healing, creativity, revival, and resilience for our time here on Earth right now, a time in which I feel we are in the midst of a profound cultural transformation. The hearth, as a source of warmth, is traditionally the central community gathering space where storytelling takes place. Our stories are sacred, and the stories we tell ourselves and others have the potential to shape and inform how we show up for this larger story. Thank you for being here and taking the time to listen. Welcome everyone to Heart Speak Podcast. Megan here with my friend Astro Phil, who is an astrologer and homesteader outside Berea, Kentucky. The mission of his astrology work is to help others realize and hold deep alignment with their divine selves, and in doing so, bring Earth closer to balance. You can learn more at his website, outofbalanceastrology.com. Welcome, Phil. I'm so glad to be speaking with you today. Hello, Megan. <laughs> it's really cool to be sharing with you. I'm excited to get down to business. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And just to give the listeners a little more um, orient as to where you are, would you mind speaking about the place that you are at right now and just anything you want to share about hmm. that place. Hmm. Um, so I live at a place we call Plantasia after the Mort Garson Electronic Symphony album um, with my partner, Sacha Louise. We were supposed to get married two days from now, but we're not because COVID. And uh, we live in dispute, or we live in a place outside Berea, Kentucky. Um, <laughs> Uh, it's 35 acres, mostly forest. Um, it's been clear cut a few times. And there's some forest that's in recovery. There's some forest that's thriving and alive with wildflowers right now. Um, looking for morel mushrooms a lot and not finding any, although neighbors and friends are finding morels aplenty. Mm. Uh, and so, yeah. Uh, if you're listening, you might have heard Sacha on the previous episode of Hearth Speak. Uh, she had a lot more to say, perhaps, or she had other things to say, certainly, about Plantasia. But it's it's a co-creative partnership, we hope, with a piece of land that is waking up with us on it for the first time. And so we're trying to blow as many kisses to the waking plants and beings who are popping their heads out. And just let them know that we're here to spread some love and uh, that it's safe to be here now that no one's trying to dominate you anymore yeah I love the way you speak about that and just all that you and Sacha have to offer um, with your knowledge and wisdom and presence that you bring to that space and to your community and those beyond the community and I would love to hear more about how you would describe yourself, you know, moving beyond your bio, beyond mm. what other words you might have 
chosen? Is there anything else that wants to come up? You know, we're all dynamic people. And so maybe today you're feeling one way, tomorrow you're the next, but what's happening right now? <laughs> well, um, I'm an astrologer. That's in the bio, but that means that everything that I say is filtered through astrology. And so when you ask me to describe myself, I'm immediately drawn to do so in astrological terms. Um, but I have learned and am always learning how to kind of cast those terms aside for people who aren't fluent in astrology. And so I speak around the archetypes. I would say that I, in my life, have had a diverse array of obsessions, and each one has led into the next. Um, sometimes I pick up an old one and then cast it aside again. And uh, it's just led me to being multi-talented, but maybe not so great at anything. I hope I'm a, I'm a very good astrologer. Um, but yeah, always picking up new skills. It's really, really fun. Uh, I am from Kentucky originally and said I would never move back after I left. Um, but I didn't know that this existed here. I didn't know that there were places in Kentucky that would um, share my values, that I could be part of a fellowship of people where we could kind of live uh, in such a way that we are all offering gifts that are valued and that are diverse. Um, but yeah, I, I grew up suburban <laughs> and I grew up not really knowing even what camping was. I feel like I didn't even go truly camping like with nature until my late 20s. And uh, that's kind of when I started to say, okay, this is actually where I feel most at home and most peaceful. And this is where I find answers. This is where I see reflection of myself, you know, is, is when I'm outside and with the river, with the creek, uh, with the trees. This is where I find comfort when I'm really in need. And uh, I hope that by being where I'm at now, I can give back as much as possible and try to nurture this place. But yeah, what, once I discovered that I'm, that nature and wildness uh, is a need for me, that's all I wanted. And so I, I've lived in urban situations where I didn't feel spiritually safe anywhere near me, like when I lived in the Twin Cities, which is how I know you and Cody from living in an area. Um, I had to travel far <laughs> to uh, feel spiritually safe just for like a day trip, you know. And I actually have found a place where I feel like that all the time. And it is the most precious, it is the most golden, delicious way to be. And I feel like the luckiest person I know every day. Really happy, really happy to be here. Mm, I'm really grateful so. the chance to be here. Yeah. Yeah, and in that too, when did this interest in astrology start for you? Was this something that happened along with your nature awakening and your experiences, or was it long before that? And do you have a story there? The story 
could start anywhere, but I didn't even know my sun sign or what a sun sign was until I was graduating uh, graduate school and somebody told me I was a Libra. And I was like, that means nothing to me. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) I, I was curious though, because I'm curious anyway, and I was lost and wondering, learning, wanted to learn more about myself, wanted to learn more about other people who confused the hell out of me. You know, I spent a lot of time being confused about other people. Like, how do you operate like you operate? And so astrology ended up being a gateway toward compassion for myself and understanding for myself and other people. And that, I didn't know much about astrology until my mid-20s. I'm 32 now. Um, But once I started learning, it was like, it was like I already knew a lot of it. I know maybe that sounds cheap, but I did dedicate hours of every day to the study of astrology for years on end. Um, and I still am constantly obsessing over it and learning from it. But uh, it, it could have come in before I was born. You know, I was always obsessed with people's birthdays. As a child, I wouldn't hang out with you unless I knew your birthday when I was like three years old. <laughs> and I would, I would determine whether or not you were okay based on your birthday. So I don't know. There's just something, something there. Um, but once I learned and became fluent in astrology, the language has really informed my being and the way that I live. And, uh, it really feeds into everything, and it's made my life a lot less anxious. I had so much anxiety before I learned about the quality of time and how I could study and learn about the quality of time and say, what is today's qualities? What are today's qualities? What is the quality of 2020? You know, we've been looking at that for years, and here we are. <laughs> so... Uh, it's relieved a lot of anxiety for me when I was learning it and learning how to be with the moment. Yeah. And in that too, and, and what you've learned about this year and what's coming and does that knowledge help you feel like more prepared and more connected and more able to support others through these times of chaos or what have you found in these reflections and in this knowing, like what does that do for you and anything that's coming up in regards to that? Well, 2020 is a Gregorian year and it started January 1st in the Gregorian calendar, but I guess it's, that's more of a marker you know, um, that I, I'm more interested in where planets are at a given time. And this whole mm, North America and crisis, uh, along with much of the world, um, I would say that many astrologers, including myself, saw the economic parts, especially the economic downturn and all that but um 
as far as predicting exactly how it was going to come about, you know, the inciting incidents of the economic downturn. Um, I don't think many of us were brave enough to say there would be a pandemic because some people trust astrologers and that makes people freak out. Mm. Um, but I have been telling, I've been seemingly attracting clients for years that um, have alignments going on right now. And so I've been warning people for years to get their ducks in a row by January, 2020. And I think a lot of them have, and that's what we were lucky enough to do here is to find ourselves in a safe place. Um, that said, the crisis um, didn't just start this year. The crisis was already happening and it's a, it's a part of the quality of these times that we're in. Um, it's more of a moment of uh, the specific moment we're in now um, it's April 16th, by the way, people, um, this specific moment is a moment of revelation, maybe for a lot of people where it's becoming clear, some veils have been lifted uh, about what's going on if you weren't already privy. But the time of crisis is nothing new. We've been living in a, the middle of an environmental crisis, the Anthropocene, a mass extinction. We've been living through a mental health crisis. Um, economic crisis for most everyone too, living paycheck to paycheck at best for a lot of people. Um, it's just that now seems to be a moment where we're forced to recognize it if we weren't recognizing it before. Um, and there are planets that are involved. Pluto is very involved. Saturn is very involved in representing this. Neptune's very involved. Jupiter is part of it, um, but I'm seeing a lot of Pluto as being relevant today in our discussion. Um, Pluto is a planet that is very much centered around the death and rebirth um, cycle or way, you know, um, and there's nothing that our culture seems to resist more than the death part of that. <laughs> um, the idea that there are endings, that there are limits, that there are things actually that we can't do, that um, there are things that we shouldn't do, that there is someone standing in our way or some force standing in our way. Uh, that, uh, what was it? What did they do? Imminent domain? Oh my God. What? No, no, no. That's not what I'm thinking about. Manifest destiny. <laughs> um, that that's a real thing. That's <laughs> the idea that that's a real thing is complete bullshit. But uh, or that at least that it aligns with some sort of divine anything. Mm -hmm. so Pluto is a guardian of the divine in a lot of ways. You know, the ruler of the underworld. Um, a necessary part of everything. Pluto is your compost pile, creating delicious soil. But things have to die to get there. You know, things have to sacrifice themselves. Um, Pluto is the mushroom log that's being eaten by the mycelium and giving you delicious mushrooms. Um, so there's really a lot of Pluto right now 
And what, what we talk about a lot in astrology isn't just the energies of the planet, but how it is most appropriate to react to a given energy. Um, and when we're talking about how do we react to Pluto, the most common reaction to Pluto is, no, 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 no. I'm not going to go do that. No, 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 no. That's not me. That's, I can't do that. Um, because Pluto is asking you to change, um, you can resist that, uh, which is the most common reaction. And Pluto is pretty heavy-handed. So if you try to resist it, then it's going to come at you harder. So right now, what I'm seeing on a cultural level is a lot of resistance, a lot of hope that things will return back to exactly the way they were before. Um, And a lot of pain because people are maybe grappling with the fact that the world that we were living in doesn't exist anymore. Um, that things have changed permanently and that they were changing. Maybe they didn't know, but they were changing. And because society, culture, the machine was resisting this, it's been forced upon us in a seemingly cruel way, a very heavy-handed way. Um, the year in particular, the Gregorian year, we haven't really, I mean, it doesn't necessarily get better, but there are some very interesting moments. Uh, did you want to go into like timing and what's maybe coming up later? Yeah, I mean, if you're willing to share more about your kind of what you see for this year and share more a little about that, I'm open to that at this point, if you're in that space. So people listening would be really curious to hear about. Really? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I am not super into prediction. Um, I am more into the present, and I haven't dwelt a lot on my own future astrology stuff um, because I, I just like to be here and you know in the moment. Mm-hmm. It's a lot healthier for me in particular. Other other people with other you know needs are more drawn to knowing what's coming and a lot of them are clients of mine so um but i'll say that the the best way you can see the future is through looking at things right now um very like with just a lot of observance if you can step out and that's what astrology provides it's like this perspective from the outside you know if, if, if you can find a way out and just observe you will see what's coming um but i'm interested in a few specific moments this year there's a week in may that i'm very interested in a major shift of energies where like saturn stations retrograde mercury and mars change signs venus stations retrograde and jupiter stations retrograde and that's all happening between may 11th and may 14th Mm. that's just a gigantic (laughs) shift um all that energy changing. Uh, some of it definitely for the better, I feel like. Uh, but mm-hmm. man, there's going to be some some reevaluation going on. There's going to be some pretty interesting stuff going on. I, I wouldn't venture to guess exactly what happens, but 
I think the second half of May is going to look a lot different than right now and the first half of May too. Um, and then uh, summer, we've got a nice solar eclipse. It's very, very powerful, uh, basically on the summer solstice, very close to that exact moment. And then I'm, I'm especially cautious about um, dates from August through the first half of October. Uh, those dates indicate a lot of blockage and a lot of power struggle um, on large scale. So if you've got stuff planned uh, or if you think that that's the right time to do things that you couldn't do recently, I'm not so sure you should plan on any time in between August and October and even into, into November. Uh, the Gregorian year 2020 is just not ripe with good times. It's it's uh, it's been waiting to drop on us for, for quite a while. Um, and then into 2021, there's there's there is a lifting for sure coming in the late winter, early spring. I think a lifting of some of the heaviness. Um, there's my hopes are that. Jupiter going into Aquarius with Saturn um, and then they're going to make an, a wonderful alignment together uh, on the winter solstice, December 21st for us Northern Hemisphere people. I'm hoping that that will bring in some energy of cooperation and fellowship between humans. Um, Right now, there's like a need, as we're all so isolated, um, to have fellowship, to be held, and to have trust between us. I mean, if, if you're isolated right now, I wonder who those few people are who you can be around, and, you know, and who you can really trust, who hold your safety as closely as they hold their own. Um, it's kind of like you're the caterpillar, uh, you're the larva inside the cocoon and your fellowship, um, is holding you there, uh, until you can emerge, you know, uh, it's definitely a dark moment. There's not not a lot of grand scheme light right now. Um, if you're like most, most folks at the time, man, I mean, even, even out here, uh, I live in the mountains with nature and there's a waterfall that's a nature reserve that runs uh, contiguous with our property and it was shut down a few weeks ago because people in the area were scared um, and they complained to the powers that be that govern the waterfall trail um, they were scared that there were too many people coming out here from the cities and you know bringing with them the pandemic um, and so now that was, there were so many people because all the other parks had been shut down. 
And I just wonder about where those people are, are going now to seek some sort of sacredness, mm. uh, any sort of reflection that I know I needed in my darkest days. You know, I know I needed to be in nature. That was the only place where I felt held. Mm-hmm. So I'm really, really praying for those people. Mm. Yeah. Oh, thank you for sharing all of that. I was just taken on a journey. <laughs> oh, dude, where did I even begin? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. It, it's incredible. I think you have such profound wisdom for these times specifically and in general just the wisdom of paying attention and you know Mm. focusing on what you can control in these moments and using these tools like working with astrology or connecting with nature and going for a walk or being among the trees and all the things that I'm sure you're doing right now, just these simple things that we have to better understand ourselves. And I think I love that you have something like astrology that can provide, you know, essentially a map, I would say, or whatever word you might choose to describe it, but something that can inform a lot of decisions or relationships or really everything um and I think for all of us to have something that kind of like a touchstone point you know um something to come back to to ground us in and and really reflect on as we have so many big decisions to make all the time and so many relational challenges and needs and desires in this world and just being alive in this world today is a pretty amazing feat, I think, <laughs> to, to uncover that. And I, I guess I'm curious too about for those listening who are wanting to hear more about how astrology can be worked with, you've mentioned kind of in these times, like looking, you know, understanding what's coming or just being informed and aware, but also like in your navigation of friendships and other things Mm -hmm. such as that, like how have you worked with astrology throughout your life? Like what are all of the pieces that come together? Oh my. (laughs) So much, I'm sure. So um, astrology in its modern form, is quite obsessed with personality. It's very much based on based around psychology, um, but it wasn't always like that. It's only since this whole obsession with you know identity and the self sprung up. Uh, it served a lot of needs. Right now, I'm using it to govern when I plant seeds. You know. That's called biodynamics. There's medical astrology, that's, which is a deep dive. And it, that's, that was more prominent in medieval times. That's when it kind of 
came to its fullest. Um, the astrology of, of like figuring out the energy, like current energy and how it's affecting you in particular goes far, far deeper than any um, horoscope can do for you. There is a constant mess <laughs> of wonderful and difficult um, energies coming through and the way that we use astrology to kind of give us uh, some grounding in that is we take a two-dimensional map of the sky at the moment of your birth called a birth chart and we compare it to the two-dimensional map of the sky especially the solar system right now and that in in a total picture um, with all the planets, with asteroids, with mathematical points, all of them working together, um, certain points being triggered, planets being triggered in uh, different ways, you know, there's a lot of geometry involved. Um, it gives us a picture of the quality of time. So I, I'm, I'm a really big fan of talking about astrology in terms of it being a study of the quality of time more than a study of your personality. I think that it's pretty miraculous that the personality um, or the divine self can be such a reflection of the quality of the time at the moment of your birth. That's pretty miraculous, but we use the quality of time to figure out when to perform surgeries. We used it for figuring out what's the best day to harvest uh, this medicine and what's the best day to turn it into something else, you know, alchemize. That's uh, very ancient. Used to be very more into prediction as well. Um, there's a type of astrology called horary astrology too, which is basically like come in with a question. I lost my dog. Where's my dog? Is my dog alive? And a horary astrologer can look at a look at a chart and tell you, oh, your dog is alive. Your dog is probably east from you right now, um, and looks like it's in someone else's home, or you know, just some some bizarre specific answer that hopefully is right if the astrologer is practicing reverently and with respect for the art. Mm -hmm. It's just crazy how many tools astrology offers. Yeah. And it can save you a lot of struggle too. If, if you are, and it can just help you surrender, you know, sometimes surrendering is the absolute best thing you can do for yourself. I think that if, if anything, astrology telling you to, that you sh shouldn't be doing or shouldn't be like plugging away at something that's inherently not you that doesn't serve your role. That's not part of like your being. Um, just giving that up, I think is a really big gift from astrology. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. I'm wondering if you've had any, I'm sure you've had many moments, but if there's something that's sticking out as being a profound transformative experience through your knowledge of astrology or something that's happened in your life 
that's lined up in a way that you couldn't have imagined, but because you know this tool, there's been some insight that has been itself. <laughs> wow. Well, since I met Sacha, there's been so many. Hmm. Just paying attention to both of our um, astrological forecasts and in, in, in rhythm and in tandem with each other. Um, there's a lot, but my favorite one is like, I, I was around this time last year, I was uh, thinking about asking her to marry me. And um, I was looking into, you know, the future and I saw these dates in August of 2019 that were just like, whoa, the energy is incredible. Like between us, like something beautiful is coming our way and we should get married on this day. And I was like, but I'll have to ask first. And so then I scrambled, um, I, I wanted to make the wedding rings or the engagement rings. So I scrambled and wound up with some black walnut, you know, made some rings. Um, beautiful how that black walnut came in, but that's another tale. And so asked her to marry me in May. She said, yes. Um, quickly we determined we couldn't throw, throw a wedding together by August. And so those dates were left kind of lingering like, oh man, these are some great dates. Like this weekend is impeccable. What's going to happen? Mm. At the time we were living in a camper in some neighbor's parking lot and, uh, totally off grid. It was a wonderful life. Um, but we were really longing for our own place. And we've been watching this place and waiting and divining on when to make a move, when to, because it, it wasn't listed, you know, it was just an unoccupied piece of property mm -hmm. um, that we felt could be an, an option um, and should be. We felt specifically aligned with this property. And, you know, I did ceremonies, made prayers during uh, an eclipse, a solar eclipse, uh, last July, you know, it was just like really zoned <laughs> in on this property. It was this property or bust. And then the I Ching and tarot, et cetera, told us to make a move. But then like the gateway was open. And, and uh, so we made some moves and then our offer on this property, uh, we gave it and it was accepted, which was a complete surprise because it was not listed for sale on that same weekend that I had picked out as like a, a tremendous energy boost for she and I wow. collectively. Wow. And really coming together with this land is a <laughs> very, very big deal and probably much more cementing than signing a marriage license. Hmm. It's uh, miraculous. Wow, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, I think that is just a testament to both of you and how you've let the magic in and you've trusted and you've welcomed in this patience as well and just kind of staying where you were at and waiting for this opportunity but actively engaging with it as well when you knew the time was right and having all of those clarities in that way, just the both of you bring such a really wonderful 
complement to each other to allow this to happen and moving forward too do you have any visions for the space or ways to integrate your work or anything that can be shared at this point <laughs> um <laughs> I think my vision for the space is to be patient and <laughs> see what the space asks for us. You know, you and Cody, I think, have a very similar approach. Um, it's just uh, it's essentially about being gentle right now, and making an introduction. So, as far as myself and practicing astrology, I have internet here, which I didn't have living in a camper off grid. Mm. So it's for me to do readings. I don't have to like ask someone to do it on their porch, like uh, next Tuesday at two thirty. You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't have to drive and sit in the neighbor's driveway, sending out emails or posting to my blog, uh, feeling like some sort of a vampire doing so. You know, um, so that's nice, but working astrology into this place just just with biodynamics is you know scheduling planting is the only way that i've thought about it right now and not just planting but any land activity you know like harvesting dead ash yesterday with with the moon and a barren sign you know it was a really good good time it went really really easily probably the best wood harvesting as far as like things going smooth <laughs> mm. that i've done yet so learning knowing when's the right time to do this and that around the land but not a lot of manifest right now a lot of non-manifest a lot of non-attachment to a result or i want to build my house right here um sort of mentality mm -hmm. we'll just see what happens yeah oh and of course, there is something. Maybe you were alluding to this. We're going to have a course, <laughs> a year-long course that we host here next year, starting next March, that is very much designed around the structure of the natal chart. And, uh, but it's all about awakening to your divine self, you know. Mm. And, uh, a huge part of that is connecting with nature, realizing what makes a human a human. What makes you awesome? Like, you weren't supposed to be a robot when you were born. You have infinite potential. Not you, Megan. I mean, yes, yes, you. You do. <laughs> You're a robot. I don't think. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I I want to be a part of that course. I was telling Sasha. I was like, maybe I can find a way <laughs> to yep. traverse state lines for every month that you have it. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Them I think there's, a, there's something we could work out. Yeah. I think it's incredible that you're coming together in that way. And it just feels like the next best thing to put energy towards and giving yourself that time and space to plan and, and learn from the land this year to be able to plant that seed. And Speaking of planting seeds, I would want, I would love to hear more about um, biodynamics and more about, you know, you mentioned harvesting when the moon was barren, 
the de- the wood and anything else that you're coming up with or your approach with biodynamics for the listeners to get more acquainted with it. Listeners, it's a crash course right now for me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I guess this would be kind of like my second year trying to orchestrate it for myself. When I've been told, you know, so I'm aware that there's like astrology-driven planting calendars out there free. Uh, I should have had those written down so I could share them, but uh, I don't have them. And uh, I'm just trying to create my own for this network of people that we're a part of, you know. Like, if I can get something developed, then um, I can share it with my neighbors and we can all plant, you know, make sure that uh, our potatoes aren't too viney and, you know, not enough potato, you know. There's like, if, if, so, if, for example, if you plant a, something that uh, vines with the moon in Virgo, Virgo just happens to love vines. Uh, then that plant is going to be mostly given to the vines and whatever the fruit, whether it's grape or uh, a sweet potato or whatever, um, the fruit is going to be minimal. Whereas if you were to plant um, those vines with uh, moon and Pisces or Scorpio or Cancer, you know, depending on the phase of the, of, of the moon with what you're planting, um, then you might have a lot of success. It's just, it's something that you want to work out in advance. So I've got our calendar marked with, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to put peppers in on this day and you know, here's a good window for this and that. Uh, and there's a lot more work, as you know, to growing food than just planting the stuff. There's no one to prune, you know, what plants like to be pruned under what sign. Mm-hmm. There's minimalizing your headaches with stuff like construction or, you know, putting in a post or even like mowing a walking path, you know, when, when do you want to do that? You want to do that when the moon is in the barren sign and waning that way the grass won't grow back super fast. You know, you don't want to do it in a watery sign where it's just like, Ooh, I get to grow even more now. Thank you. Thank you for the mulch. Mm. There's, there are ways to work with the moon. Primarily, you can just do it all with the moon, but other planets certainly come in, you know, Um, and signs too, like Sagittarius loves trees. Trees and Sagittarius are super tight. (laughs) I think it's good to plant trees with, you know, moon and Sag or to do tree maintenance with moon and Sag. I have moon and Sagittarius, and let me tell you, I've hugged a tree or two. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> they hug me back. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah, I'm loving to see how this gift is allowing you to grow even closer with the earth and understand how to engage with it in this way and help the plants and help people work with plants and become a part of getting their hands in the soil again and planting and harvesting and working with food and taking care of our health and our bodies and all of it. There's such this vast 
never ending learning, it seems, <laughs> when you have this awareness. Tempting, yes. Oh, <laughs> it's learn. perfect. <laughs> yeah, for the for those of us who love to learn all the time, <laughs> it seems like a great way to put some of your energy into understanding mm. astrology. Yeah. Oh yes. And those of us who love to wonder. Mm. Those of us who love to observe, you know. Oh my god. Observing. Observing is the thing. If you observe patterns, you know, if you are catching patterns walking around in your life, then you you'd probably make a decent astrologer. It's all about pattern recognition, you know. Um you can read all the books and they'll tell you how to recognize the patterns. But if you aren't creatively engaged with astrology as, a, as someone who recognizes patterns um, and builds, builds theories, then um, it's, it's maybe not your bag, um, but it's, it can help everybody. And it does help everybody who asks for help. Absolutely. Mm. The other, the other thing that's astounding of like the astounding moments about astrology regarding astrology that astrology has given me is like literally every reading that I give they're so incredible and I just uh, it's just such an honor to be able to help people and to be asked it's a very vulnerable position to um, put yourself in but like to to ask someone to do this work for you is is a very brave and it is a huge honor to be able to do it hmm. One one cool part of my practice is called astrocartography. So that's a whole other type of um, thing you can do with astrology. Astrocartography is a method of helping people gauge um, what energies a certain place on Earth holds for them. And so it's actually a, at least 50% of my practice, if not more, I help people relocate all over the world if that's where they want to move. And some people just, you know, some people need a place closer to where they're coming from, but some people are willing to move anywhere. Um, so helping people relocate to places that are more supportive for them, especially given like the moment that they're in, the extended moment of like, I want to move somewhere for three years. That's going to help me in this way. I want to write a book. I want to go to school. Um, I want to like have a better potential for meeting a partner, you know, Astrocartography is a really great tool for that. It, it aligns time and space. I mean, it's it's, it's fantastic. It's I, it's probably going to end up being like the main source of my practice um, because there's something the, the way that I learned it was so aligned, and it was really big moments for me. So that's another big part of my work too, and what astrology can offer you is like. Where, where should I go? I feel lost. I'm in this city and I feel like just one metal worker out of a thousand. I want to go someplace where my gifts are cherished and needed and I'm part of something cooperative. Then something like astrocartography can really help you find that spot or even a list of spots and you can go visit them all and you can endlessly explore. (laughs) (laughs) Would that work too for someone 
who just wants to go on like a week-long adventure kind of thing or is it more for like a more permanent year plus kind of thing um the energy of a given place is going to impact you immediately however so um, the energy of northern new mexico for me is way better for a visit than it is for living there and so i enjoy my visits there and i would learn my lessons there that that place has to teach me but living there might be just like walking through a tar pit you know in my just like my personal experience just like very heavy i can't stand this can't take this but like is it it's a great teacher so i I do find that a lot as people were like oh i had a great time in barcelona um maybe i should move there and i look and it's like that's a party city for you that's 100 it is for a lot of people but (laughs) that's a place where you are going to encounter this sort of energy that's very supportive to your fun week. That is not supportive to your personal uh, betterment or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And in that you're probably looking at urban environments versus rural environments and mm-hmm. like temperature of a space or is it dry or is it hot or dry and hot or cold and wet or, you know, all of those different things too, I'm, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah. The more limits, the better. Although most clients seem to want to move somewhere with a nice climate close to the ocean. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> like, I would do really well by the ocean. I always feel that way. <laughs> but then I am I find myself, you know, continuously being put back in Wisconsin. And I'm like, oh, okay. okay. And I feel, I feel at home in the trees here. And there's water, you know, there's moving water nearby and I find that to be really impactful for me just as a something to visit and spend time with day after day so I think yeah it's it's interesting to to think about maybe what we desire about what really actually is good for us <laughs> and what we just need to trust yeah. and and pay attention to as well yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm. Do you have anything else that you want to share at this moment? Anything else in your heart? Oh, my heart is so full. Um, (laughs) I just want, I just want people to be themselves. That's what I want the most for the humans. Um, I feel like that would, do so much work toward bringing our earth back into balance and uh, you know it's it says something when everyone's isolated and earth is flourishing earth is showing us that she's just fine and she might even prefer it prefer it if we you know we're here in a lot less number um people are sharing you know these images um or statistics about pollution and yeah we're wondering when can we go back to normal when can we go back to the ways that we're keeping this place a slave so i i just feel like we astrology can really help us have compassion for ourselves and love ourselves 
And I think that's such a huge key to um, loving Earth and seeing yourself in Earth, seeing the divine in Earth and the divine in you. So if certainly if you feel drawn toward astrology, um, follow that. Right now is an incredible time to use that intuition, you know. Um, it's, a, it's just about the richest time there is. It's a mystical, wonderful, isolating, um, exploring time, you know. I, I hope that if you're drawn to astrology that you can learn about it. Uh, in all the, in all the right ways, not not necessarily through memes or through pop astrology on Instagram, but there's lots of really deep, wonderful astrologers out there who are offering wonderful content, uh, wonderful opportunities to learn. So it's it's quite the time. It's quite a journey. You got to start somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Start slow and basic, but do you have stars one? Oh, don't know you. Can go. Yeah, I was just wondering if you have anyone that you would recommend for people, or someone that you really admire their work. If someone was curious mm. about learning, learning astrology. Yeah, uh, I really love learning from books, and the most informative books that. I have found art by an astrologer named Judith Hill. Judith, thank you so much. <laughs> um, and one of her old pupils, Andrea Geertz, G-E-H-R-Z, also um, the work that she's done and published is so educational and informed and fluent and eloquent. I love it. Her book, Astrological Remediation, is such a good start. I feel like if, if you, you can read that book, you can start it knowing very little about astrology and it feels fine, feel comfortable by the end, you're, you should go read a chart. Like it, it's such an informative book and it's, it's so fun. There's so much personality in that book too. Um, those, those are my two favorites or at least the two that influenced me the most when I was, uh, learning as as more of a student mm. primarily great yeah thank you so much i know there's so much out there and it can be really overwhelming yeah. <laughs> search astrology and like try to <laughs> uncover you know this yeah. magical world that is thousands of years old and know where to begin <laughs> so I appreciate that very much. Um, And I was wondering if you could share how people can connect with you further. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Megan. Um, As you said earlier, my website is outofboundsastrology.com. I have a lot of content on there specifically about a niche astrology topic, out-of-bounds planets. Um, But you can contact me through there. The website serves more as just like a little a little cabin that I go to from time to time. And it's also like a place that a lot of other people visit for information on niche topics. <laughs> mm. But uh, yeah, you can find me there and send me an email, you know, 
that's that's usually the best way to do it. Don't show up in Berea and ask around. <laughs> for your <laughs> a resident astrologer. Uh, well, you never know. <laughs> Why have people showing up? As I mentioned before. Um, yeah, and a reading with you is just incredibly informative and life affirming and helps answer a lot of questions. At least for me personally, I had a lot of things clarified in our time together. So highly recommend working with those. It was such an amazing time to uh, share with you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still kind of unraveling. <laughs> I think I will be for a while. Yeah, we can talk more, honestly. I, 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 I feel like there's some there's things we didn't cover. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a very incredible process, and I know that what you shared in this conversation will be inspir- inspiring for many people. So again, I appreciate you being here with us today and um, just taking this time and out of gratitude. Thanks, Megan. I appreciate this podcast so much. And I feel like the work you're doing is so special and shining and delicious. And I really love that the guitar lick that maybe you'll edit over this right now. Uh, oh, man, it's so sweet and delicate. Uh, it's just so hearthful. I love it. <laughs> <laughs>